Blood Brothers Podcast, a Five Pillars Production. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, my dear brothers, sisters, friends, and the foes out there, and welcome to another episode of the Blood Brothers Podcast with your host. Didi Hussain, before I introduce today's very dear guest of mine, I want to remind all the avid podcast listeners that you can find this show on all the major audio platforms, Spotify, Google, Apple and all the rest. And of course, if you're tuning in via YouTube, don't forget to click subscribe, like this video, leave a comment and of course, share away. Today's podcast is... Today's podcast? Today's podcast guest is a dear brother and friend of mine. I know... I've overused this term a lot with many guests, but I genuinely mean this. Um, Brother Yusuf Patel, who is the founder of the Islamic uh, educational uh, program, uh, SRE Islamic, is a dear friend of mine. He's someone whose counsel I take very seriously, someone who is an advisor in the line of work that I do and has been for many years. And he is someone who is a unique soldier of the Muslim community. That's enough dirt on his face. I welcome him to the Blood Brothers podcast. Yusuf, salam alaikum. How would you describe SRE Islamic? So I think we're an, we're an organisation that developed as a result of a need that we found in the Muslim community. A lack of understanding around what um, what is required and not required around SRE in schools, which is now relationship and sex education. Um, and also really supporting parents to discuss these issues with their children. And sometimes these are uncomfortable discussions, mm-hmm. but they need to be had. And I think we're trying to get across the importance of these discussions and how vital they are for the future generation of our our, 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 our children, their children and their children. SRE Islamic was launched when? In 2008. 2008. So it's been about 14 years. Yeah, coming what, up to that. Towards the end of this year, it'll be 14 years. Inshallah. What made you initially launch SRE? So I was a governor in a school um, and I, uh, re- uh, we, we, uh, we used to meet lots of other Muslim governors from different schools. And even at that stage, people were saying, look, this is statutory in schools, we can't do anything about it. And I thought that, I, I, I didn't believe that to be correct. So what was statutory? Just standard sex education? Sex education, yeah. Even yeah. back then, there, were, there was a belief that it was all statutory, there was no leeway, there was nothing, no rights, we had no, it was just like science. We got, we got no control or no input as to how it's being taught, how it should be taught. So we did some research with some other governors, looked at the, the, the requirements legally, and then also looked at how we can even discuss this with our children and what we can do to try and raise much more awareness in schools. And actually that coincided with, in 2008, anybody who remembers back then, the Labour government who was in power all those years ago, they um, decided to make it a statutory subject at the end of uh, 2008. So then we decided to do um, a, a was report. It, was, was that under PSHE? So, so it, it was. It or was. PSA. So, so PSHE is all in in state schools. PSHE has always been non-statutory, but it was always delivered under PSHE. But okay. it was a subject that was going to be made statutory, and it's only as a result of um, some failings from, from the government. The uh, the election was called, um, and the help of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, mostly or, or, or in a major way, that that was scuppered. Those plans were scuppered. Um, but yeah, so so we yeah we've been supporting parents since two thousand and eight. Yeah. You know, today's conversation between you and I is going to involve not necessarily me presenting to you specific answers to specific questions, but I am going to raise some topics and taboos that exist within our communities, bro. Um, I mean, we'll get to RSC, we'll get mm. to uh, sex education, the LGBTQ, and mm. all. We'll, we'll get to all of that. We will. I promise you we yeah. will. 
I want to first talk about just generally the approach many parents have when addressing certain topics. Mm-hmm. Whether that is the monthly uh, physiological change of females and the lack or absence of support that they get from their mothers mm-hmm. that it is something that's of sharam it is uh, uh, not shameful but it's something that you don't talk about mm-hmm. because it's something seen as dirty right um or, or something that's inappropriate mm-hmm. to talk about so so i there's just too many muslim girls who are still going into schools and are having a rude awakening mm-hmm. when when that when their body reacts for the first time in that way there's also things pertaining to there's also things pertaining to uh, sex generally how do babies come about mm. right um, and, and and a plethora of issues which quite frankly for decades now mm. because we, we are a community that have been in the UK Muslim communities we've been here for the 40 50 years but let's just say last 34 years these are just topics which Muslim parents for some reason or another Many find it difficult to even remotely Raise and address Let alone their children mm. finding the fortitude Or the confidence to ask their parents mm. How do we address that? Firstly just ask you a question Why do you think Why do you think, why do you think parents find it difficult? And that's not just Muslim parents But parents across the board Why do you think they find it difficult? When, when I ask parents They give me lots of reasons What okay. do you think the top reason is? I think And, I, and again I'm, I'm not being anti-white or racist, I think I think white folk have a, a very crude and candid way of explaining things. Uh, whether they want to use a kind of oven or the oven example, mm. or mm. the you know, but they're quite yeah, you know, men and women get jiggy and they have children. Mm. That's in this day and age, they don't tend to shy away from just telling mm. the children that, mm. bro. If they're changing their genders at school at the age of four, five, six, they're not going to shy away from explaining mm. how babies are mm. born. But if you're asking me about Muslim parents, mm. I would have never. Asked mm. my parents or my brothers and sisters, bro, mm. never. I found out all those things in a year seven or eight science class, mm. right? Um, I think there's a level of uh, uh, misappropriated higher. I know mm. that sounds crazy, but you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah. So there's yeah. a level of shyness and, you know, modesty that you don't mm. talk about these things. Mm. Some 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 Muslims, depending on where they are from the Muslim world, mm. uh, are far more uh, shadid than mm. others, right? So South Asians, I find, are very yeah. uh, taboo-centric when it comes to these kind of things. Because more than of, Arabs. More than Arabs, <laughs> and way more than West yeah, Africans, yeah? yeah? yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Sharam, misappropriated or misplaced haya, um, Lack of confidence in how to appropriately answer it To look in mm. your child's eye mm. And talk about something like sexual intimacy mm. Or sexual intercourse um, Or menstruation I, f- I think that's what my answers would be It's just, yeah, yeah. It's just awkward And Absolutely, I think in terms of As a, as a, as a natural uh, course of, of life Our frames of reference come back to like if, when, when we're raising our own children Most of the time our frames of reference Go back to our parents so we generally fall back when we're raising our children, we fall back on how did my parents do it? And that's what we do generally. Now, there may be some exceptions, but most of the time, that's what we fall back on. And, that, and our parents did raise us quite well. So that serves us quite well generally. But in relation to this topic, there's a huge amount of, of, of taboo to discuss this. It's like we can't discuss this. So the, I said to parents, look, the reality is the idea of sex is all around your children, everywhere they go, in society, on TV, 
in schools, Constant. everywhere. But the Constant. only place we choose not to discuss this is in the home, which is at the safe space, a place where we could potentially discuss it from our Islamic perspective. And that, that's a real shame. And so the reality is, if our children don't go to us, who are they going to? They're getting it from somewhere. They're getting some information from somewhere. What information are they, are they getting it from our perspective? No, they're getting it from Google. They're getting it from pornography. They're getting it from all sorts of influences. But, you so but there also is, there also is, and I think we need to also talk about this, is that within our South Asian culture, that the cultural attitudes, a lot of it stems from a very colonialist approach to sex. Yeah? This is true. Because you know, Victoria, the Victorian understanding of, of sex and sexuality was all very much sex is taboo, sex should not be spoken about, it's a, it's a biological functional way. And that all of these ideas and values really are opposed to the very values and ideas that are within Islam. Yeah, yep. and it's, uh, the Prophet used to answer questions. He said, "Blessed are the women of Medina." Where when he went to when Medina, the women of Medina used to come to him and ask him lots of questions about even how what what is allowed or not allowed sexually in the bedroom. And the Prophet would answer those questions for them because these were in relation to how do I live my life as a Muslim? Yeah, I I, and I get that, but that was the exceptional example of the Prophet mm -hmm. Our parents may not feel comfortable doing that because yeah. today we're talking about sex tomorrow will be positions mm -hmm. the next day will be something else that's crazy and and and, and, and they've just simply are not equipped yes. to deal with those things because yes. they couldn't do it with their mothers and fathers yes. and they couldn't do it with their mothers and fathers yeah. Yeah. so what is the first stage yeah. what's I think, the yeah i think that's a really important point but i think the question is is not i think sometimes when parents think we're going we need to discuss or we need to answer or we need to be the port, the first port of call for our children around sex it's always understood within uh, um, a very biological perspective. You know, this idea of the bird, birds and the bees. And I sometimes yeah. hear Muslims speaking about, we, we need to have a conversation with our children about birds and the bees. That is rubbish, you know. Having a conversation where you, where you never discuss issues with your children and your child turns 13 or 14 and you say, let's go, uh, let's go on a journey, or let's go on a ride. And then you just download all the information about sex. That doesn't work. Yeah, that's 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 not right. The issue is, is that the most important conversations you can have around sexual issues in a society which is hypersexualized is around the values perspectives around sex. That's more important than the actual issues around functionality. Yeah. So what is, what are the values which we believe in, which underpin our understanding of relationships between men and women? That's the key point that sometimes parents need to um, look at as a almost an operating context behind those discussions. And, and actually parents think, I need to discuss about the biology of sex. No, as long as we've almost raised an understanding of what is what are the norms within our Islamic values? What are the norms, yeah? And how does society fit into those norms? The reality is in, in, in the society in which we live, the, sexual, sexual, the idea of values around sex are uh, anything goes really. There are very few laws which, uh, which, 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 uh, which regulate how human beings should engage in sexual conduct. It's whatever you want to do, as long as, there are, there's, as long as it's not with children, as long as it's consensual, whatever you want. Yeah? So we, we, are, we are living in a context where the values in society are completely at odds with our values. Okay. And so that is the starting point, not the discussion around sexual relationships. Okay, so what do we do if you happen to be a Muslim parent who don't, who, who don't have that value-based understanding of the Islamic framework? 
So if you're not if you're not living Islam, yeah, if yeah, you're not if you're not living Islam, yeah, sub- there's a, that's, that's absolutely that's a really important point because it's like there's a there's a there's a, there's a saying I came across a, a while ago, and it's it exemplifies this, this very message. You can't give what you don't have. Fine, but but you yeah. have but you have Muslims who yes. fear who fear Allah, believe in Allah and His message yes. on the final day. They may not be practicing Muslims or understand Islam that deeply yeah. to have that value based explanation to their children, where you talk about the more kind of central yes. uh, framework of how men and women engage with one mm. another in, in public and private and what kind of relationships yes. Islam allows and doesn't allow. And that, yeah, and, and that, that's the important point because, you know, is it, we're not saying, and I think one thing is we've got to steer away from this understanding that parents need to be perfect. Yeah, because there's a real pressure, and parents feel, "No, I'm not perfect. How can I did it? How can I talk to my children about these issues?" That, that, that's not the case. You don't have to be perfect. Nobody's perfect. None of us are perfect in any aspect of our lives. Yeah, but the issue is, is that we've got to say is that sometimes having children is the, the way. Is the it's almost the the means by which you change your perspective on life. You think about the first time you held your child, yeah? And you thought, subhanAllah, this is like, this is mind blowing, yeah? I'm, I'm now responsible for this young human, yeah? I, I never thought that that was, that, that love, that connection I'd have with this, with this child would ever exist, yeah? You have that, it's, it's within the fitrah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created within us. It's that connection that Allah created within a, a parent and a child. But what we're saying is that, that sometimes we just think we've got children, we've got responsibility. Maybe let's use this this new event in life at whatever point in our child's life to try and change ourselves so that we become the best role models for our children. Because the reality is, is that if we unless we live our values, yeah, our children, what what's the what is the incentive for them to live those values if we don't live them in real life? So, for example, most children, most children don't care what you say. But rather they care what you do. Oh, they they they're modeling the modeling of our behavior, yeah, is what what they follow. So if there's a disconnect between what we say and what we do, then normally we'll follow what we do. So if we say pray five times a day, but we don't pray five times a day, they'll see that and say, okay, it's not necessary that we pray five times a day. Yeah. If we if we don't ex- and, and the first time they see the relationship between their mother and father as being an example of a marital relationship, yeah. Is is they, they look and see how does my wife how, how does my father and mother they connect with each other how do they interact and they use that as a blueprint for their own future aspirations and expectations in marriage in the future so I think first of all we need to think about um, uh, not thinking that we need to be perfect but what can we do to ensure we are the best role models for our children moving forward and at the moment the reality is that we. If we were, if, um, if a lot of us had report cards for our interaction with our children and raising children, we'd probably get, uh, we'd probably be failing. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that we can't do better. The opportunity to do better is exists at every point in our relationship with our children. It just means that we have to have the motivation to want to be better with our children. And I think, so I think we're here to try and say, what can we do to try and give you the tools and resources and the frameworks. To be able to make those conversations and that that interaction with our children easier and better. So where is where is that toolkit? Drop us the website SRE Islamic. So we've got SREIslamic.org, which was really focused around SRE in schools, but now we've got a new initiative called Parental Guidance, which is more focused around how do we have these discussions with our children? Yeah. So parentalguidance.support. Um, and 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 we're going to try and provide lots and lots of resources for parents to be mm-hmm. able to do that. 
and and we also recognize yeah we, we're not we, we're not um idealists and we're not we don't expect the the community to all fall behind that the reality is most of the time when i get calls from parents around advice to do with their children it's at the point of crisis my son like over the last year i've had so many calls my son says he is gay my daughter says she's a boy she wants to be a boy my uh, my Real daughter talk, no 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 no, no, no wants to be muslim no 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 yo 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 are you are you actually getting those phone calls yeah yeah absolutely muslim parents saying yeah, their kids and are... i speak to imams yeah and they say i'm getting those calls as well i'm getting those calls i met an imam of a major masjid just the other day and was, we were talking and i said look the reality is parents don't know that we're almost sleepwalking into a crisis in our community can i ask yeah? you a genuine yeah. question bro yeah look look, look. If your bachelor are going into school and Imran wants to come back identifying as Shagufta, yeah? Yeah. And, and, but surely something's happening at home for him to think that that's okay. It can't just be what he's being indoctrinated at or being taught at school, surely. Surely there must be something about, happening at about, home. Think about children. Children, when they're growing up, yeah, they're, they're Imp- still developing an identity about who they are. Very impressionable. Yeah, yeah. very impressionable. Now, the issue is, is that this, uh, uh, you know, if, if it was the case that this idea of changing gender or changing sex or whatever you want to term it was an issue of a real uh, a real a, a real issue within uh, within no exactly a real issue within within um, our within a community within any society that you would have seen this happening 20 years ago but it wasn't this is a phenomenon that is literally very new about over the last five or six years yeah and the, and, and in america where this all of this started now people have, have, have pointed to what they call peer contagion. One girl says, "I want to be a boy," yeah, and then all the girls in the classroom say, "Yeah, I want to be a boy as well." The reality is, is that why is it that the majority of majority of children who want to change from from one gender to another is girl to boy? Why is it that there is not the same number of boys to girls that want to change a boy all there's like a whole list of boys who want to change into to girls why is that what is it about a society that is putting pressure upon girls that they want to almost say i want that pressure to be taken off of me yeah society puts a huge amount of pre- pressure upon girls to be perfect yeah to look perfect to to behave in a particular way yeah uh, you know all of these examples of influencers who are female celebrities who are female give the impression that 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 they are perfect. No, they're mullet. Yeah? Look look at for example all these influencers. For mm-hmm. one minute of the day, they they're on social media and they they're in the, on a beach. Look how perfect my life is. Yeah, my life is. I've got I've got uh, I've got a relationship. I've got um, a life. I, I I don't have to work. I'm, I've got it made. For the rest of that day, they are depressed out of their head. Yeah, because the reality is that their life isn't as perfect as they try and portray because they're giving that they're, they're using their their online persona to market who they are yeah making money off people and so they have to show themselves to be the perfect person and all these girls are looking at that and saying oh how come my life isn't like that the pressure upon girls is immense and a lot of girls say look i don't want to i don't want to live like that i spoke to one parent whose girl, daughter wanted to be a boy and when it when we drilled down into the reason, it was none other than the fact that you know the boys in that household, very culturally Pakistani household, and it could, could be Gujarati, it could be Bengali, Asian household. The boys didn't lift a finger. The boys got away with everything. They would they would have their food made. They would not even lift their plate from the table to the to the sink. And all that the girl 
she had to do everything. She said, why is it this is not fair? Why is it that I have to do everything? My brothers don't have to do anything. So she thought that by being a boy, that would then change the dynamic. So then she would be able to do nothing. She would be able to sit back and do nothing. Okay. It was, and sometimes it's a cry for help. Okay. Sometimes it's a distortion of a real trauma that a child has. Okay. Yeah? And a lot of the times, it's as a result of the fact a child does not... You know, all of, the fa- all of the issues that we face with our children, I believe, majority of them, are as a result of a child not believing that they're loved. And you may think, what do you mean? Uh, how can a child not believe that they're loved? Yeah? All parents love their children. I remember having a discussion with my daughter. And she said, look, some parents don't love their, do- that love their children. And I said, look, most do. Okay, there's exceptional situations. Most parents know that they love their children. But when I speak to parents on mass, I say, how many of you love your children? Everybody puts their hands up. I say, how many of you believe when you ask your children, are you loved? How many of them would say, I'm loved? I, I'm 100% sure my parents love me. Because sometimes the way, we, sometimes believing that you love your children and communicating that in a way that your children understand that are two different things. I would, say even, I would even say Muslims who decide to leave Islam in a very public and vocal way, it boots down to mommy-daddy issues. It does, yeah, yeah. it does. Absolutely. Um, you know, sometimes someone said, and this is really, really, it really exemplifies that, yeah. Sometimes a, a child who comes and says, look, I, I really... I really, um, uh, I don't believe in God. Rather than starting to discuss with them, let's, let's talk about the arguments about God and stuff like that. They just need a hug. They just need to show that they're loved and validated, yeah? yeah. Something more primal, something more basic that's lacking in their, in their lives. When I speak to parents, yeah, I spoke to a parent during the lockdown. He said, look, my son said I'm, uh, I, 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 he's gay. I said, I, the first question I asked him was, tell me about your relationship with your son, yeah? And he said, look, I've, for, for a long time, I left the house when they were asleep and I came back, they were still asleep. I really haven't got a good relationship with my son. Yeah. And, and I said, look, the reality is, is a lot of these, a lot of the, a lot of the times when children misbehave or adopt radical um, shifts in their life, uh, adopting trends, um, it's not as a result of something that is authentically something that they, they want to be. Or with or, conviction. Or, no, there's no conviction, but it's just uh, almost a cry for help. It's a rebellion. It's a, it's, it's almost, I'm looking for an identity that I can't find, yeah? Uh, and and, uh, and uh, the LGBT community provides almost a ready-made uh, community. Come and be part of us. Mm. It's, 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 it's cool. It's exciting. It's like everybody, it's like, it's like, it's like um, uh, it's, you know, 20 years ago, that lifestyle was, was seen to be, no, nah, it's not very exciting. No, it's I, not I don't cool. want to do that. Now, it's like every, there's a disproportionate, uh, representation of course there is of LGBT characters in 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 programs in, 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 and they're all and none of them are the villains none never, of them are bad people never. they're all really nice people yeah yeah, yeah they're of the course. best people yeah yeah and so people want to be like them yeah yeah we'll get we'll get we'll get to the rainbow lobby very sh- yeah. very, very shortly to, at some point in the podcast I guess I want to push back and perhaps play a bit of a devil's advocate here yeah a non-Muslim liberal who's pro-LGBTQ would yeah. say, well, hold on Yusuf, did he? Sounds like a lot of insecurities you guys have. Mm. Yeah, was it, was it, You guys live in a secular non-Muslim country, mm. right? Um, what's wrong with the children being taught um, that they, are, they live in a society, they live in a country where mm. there's going to be family setups that have two dads, mm. two mums, um, a dad and someone who identifies as a guitar mm. Or a mum and, and someone who identifies as a fridge mm. um, What's it to you? Th- this is a society, this is a country which your children are being raised in What's your problem? Yeah, I think there's a difference between 
children being taught, taught that we live in a society where people have different different value systems, people believe in different things. But the problem is, a lot of the times in schools, it's not discussed in that factual way. Yeah, that man, uh, that boy has two fathers. It's not discussed in that factual way. Now, take into account that, that he doesn't really have two fathers in the sense of they're not really his two fathers. They're just two people who've had a relationship, who've adopted that child, or they're not both biologically related to that child. Take that all out of the equation. You're saying it's but, not being but, taught more from from a, from an impartial. It's taught move. in a taught in a very imposing way, values imposing way. Like, for example, it's almost children are being told. When I speak to parents, children are being told, "Wouldn't you like to have two dads? Would you like to have two mums? Isn't that great?" Yeah. Or um, a, a girl is being told, "Look, if you want to be a boy, there's nothing wrong with that. It's really good. Sure, it's be your true self." Yeah, you do you. You know, I speak to my wife all the yeah, time. Yeah, you do you. And yeah. you know this this phrase. I really hate it. Yeah. You do you. What yeah. does that mean? They've been doing themselves for too long. That's you why it's resulted you. in this. What does you do you mean? Yeah, it's how I be be your true self. Yeah, yeah. Uh, be the, and even even this idea of be the best version of yourself. Yeah, and a lot of Muslims use that. I hate these terms. Mm-hmm. These terms are very much they, they very much come from a very liberal liberal perspective that says to people that that what we believe in values. Are universal, yeah, and they're not universal. They're not neutral or universal. They're definitely yeah? not neutral. They come from a very specific uh, 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 belief about life, a very, very big, a very distinct worldview that we don't believe in. But what we say to schools, and I spoke to a head teacher who was having, having problems. I said, look, as long as you discuss these issues in a very factual way, but also say there are different views around this in society. Some people believe these relationships are, accept, are, are morally acceptable and some people don't. Legally, a man can marry a man and a woman can marry a woman. That's a legal, factual perspective. But if you go beyond that and try, and sometimes some teachers, unfortunately, they bring their own values into the classroom in a way in which they think, oh, I'm being inclusive. No, you're being very exclusive. Absolutely. You're actually imposing your value system upon children who don't believe in those values. But that's because these children are coming from families and households where these views are not being espoused at all, even as a difference of opinion, even as a point of diversity. Meaning, a liberal teacher who's non-Muslim or could even be Muslim yeah. is pro-LGBTQ thinks they're being inclusive by mm. teaching their children this um, in in a in a completely partial way. Yeah? yeah, but they but but they would argue, and I've had some teachers argue this as well. Mm. Well, hold on, we're, we're dealing with 90 percent uh, children from Muslim households mm. who believe that homosexuals should be thrown off buildings. Quite frankly, so I think we have a duty here to tell them that it's okay to have two dads, or it's okay to have two mums, or it's okay to do X, Y, and Z, because we we are dealing with children who are coming from households that believe homosexual acts are a sin, and mm-hmm. the people who first committed it were punished severely by God. So mm-hmm. we have a duty now to tell them that, by the way, guys, if this is what you're being taught in your mosques and your madrasas, which isn't even happening, by mm-hmm. the way, yeah. which isn't even happening. Yeah, because I remember Piers Morgan tried to say that to me because that's not happening. Yeah, yeah, but they, the, the thing is, they have you know these. The no, li- but they don't liberal, argue that. Lib- liberals, uh, just to, uh, to talk about that, but liberals have a very, a, a, a very strange perspective about what happens in our mosques yeah. and our communities. Hundred yeah? percent. They they presume to know what's happening there, yeah, because they they're the font of all wisdom. Of yeah? course, a white liberal, they believe they, they, their understanding of life is is the perfect way of life. They 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 are supremacists. Yeah, they believe that their way of life is far superior to any other way of life. They believe that we are uncivilized, as all the, the whole Ukraine discussion has has proved. They believe we're uncivilized. They believe that we need to be civilized, 
and we only get, become civilized once we adopt their value system and their and their and their values perspectives. But the problem is, is that what what we what we say is that in schools, as in society, there are supposed to be nine protected characteristics. Yeah, of one the, of those is, is the Equalities Act. Yeah, Equalities Act. One of those is sexual orientation. Yeah, and the one another one is faith and belief. How do you grapple with those two protected identities in the case of Birmingham? When, when, when they, they haven't they, ha- they haven't managed the, 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 the reality is and most people say when I speak to people from other communities like Christians as well they will say and, and quite rightly there's plenty of evidence for that that although the law uh, provides a, an equal footing for all those protected characteristics mm-hmm. the reality is when they're applied there's a hierarchy yeah there's a real hierarchy yeah I was speaking to some parents who said look we've got 50% of Muslim children in that school there's one family that comes from an LGBT background, and because said, because that one family, yeah, so much provisions and that's and right. Focusism, that's and then so the the parents so when 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 the when the the, 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 the parents said to the school, look, we understand that you that that uh, that uh, that obviously you've got to protect that child from discrimination. Anything, there's nothing happening to that child that that needs to be dealt with anyway. Mm. But the reality is is that if parents are saying that this discussion is is too soon, if beyond the factual discussion if you're going beyond that just to accommodate one family then where is the equality there where is the where is the why is it that you're taking that one perspective above our perspectives and then when it came to that discussion she said no it's not a numbers game so oh. conveniently when they were doing a survey it's a numbers game because surveys are about numbers of course but when it comes to that argument it's not a numbers game the reality is that we're not living, we're not, we're not working on a on an evil playing field, yeah, where the rules are equally applied to everybody. The rules are stacked against us, and we've got to push back against that. Now, the only way that these equalities can be adjudicated, uh, where in practical in, in practical life, when our rights have been taken away, yeah, is is going to be in in a court of law. That's the only place, and even then, we're skeptical about whether uh, a court. Will not will 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 actually be fair when it comes to brown people uh, against white people uh, because we know very clearly the judiciary is not color blind mm-hmm. um, they don't really uh, adjudicate fairly equality. Well, there's a two tier justice system. Is, I mean, you know, I mean, we don't have to fraff about and be around the bush, my brother, man. We, so, so what I'm saying is that although so although there's an equality in in the way this this act should be applied, in reality, it's not. And the only way it's going to be resolved is in the court. But the court is not really going to be the place where we get... We actually need white Christians to push this case, yeah? And to be the face of that sort of a case. Not really brown Muslims. Okay. I'm going to to get to the alliances aspect of it. Look, um, I know that someone's going to complain to impress about this podcast. Just like they complained about my vlog outside Mm -hmm. the cave of Lut alayhi salam. And we had to give our $2 grant back to them, right? Um, so I'm going to choose my words very carefully. Um, why have you ever t- taken time, Yusuf, to see the chronology of this movement and this lobby and how they became as powerful and influential as they are now? Have you ever spent time to. You know, one thing I want to say before I go into that is that, you know, this lobby isn't as powerful as we maybe think they are. Then yeah. how are they've made they made it to have, all the mainstream yeah. outlets, all the mainstream shops? How have they got them, everyone donning the rainbow flag? Yes. How have they got Netflix, because, all the yeah, programs? There's, there's how? a how? number of issues here. One is, um, one issue is, is that 
Um, they, you know, the, the idea of equality, sexual equality, mm. chimes very much with a, a, the liberal perspective in which this society is founded. The only thing that was ever holding this as society in back, as in the concept of utilitarianism, yeah, to maximize your. The only thing that was holding this society back was the Christian values. You know, those values that yeah. were that were saying, no, this is morally unacceptable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah? Now. To all intents and purposes, those Christian values don't exist anymore. Not even the Tory party, which was once founded upon an idea of family values, believes in those anymore. 100%. Yeah? So there's nothing stopping society from moving forward and recognising those values. Then why would you yeah? want the Christians to be the front face of this then? I'm saying that from the, there are a minority of Christians they who got, they still got, believe they, in these values. Yeah, but yeah? they might have got female vicars and stuff, bro. They've got gay yes. vicars and but gay even, fathers. I think we recognize, even, for example, look at the Church of England, for example. Yeah? Yeah. The Church of England, there is like a big schism within the Church of England. Yeah. There are the, the people who have, uh, who, the majority actually of the Church of England, who believe in being progressive, being wishy-washy, that we don't want to moralize about things like how people who people sleep with. Rather, we want to talk about things like food banks and of we course, want to talk about things which are m acceptable. Mm. Yeah. And then on the other wing of the Church of England, there are the evangelicals, yeah, who are a very vocal minority within the church who believe that we still got to uh, believe in mar that marriage is, a, is an important part of, 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 of God's teachings, and that we got to still do everything to protect that. We've got to protect children in schools. And so there is a schism there. Now, the reality is, as I say, that the majority of the time, Muslims are on their own in this fight, yeah, mm -hmm. because the number of of, of of Christians who believe in our perspective on this is minor. Even Archbishop of Canterbury won't care less what we believe in. Yeah. yeah. Similarly, even within the Catholic Church, which was which was generally our ally in this fight. Now the Catholic Church is moving forward. Even the Pope is saying things which, like, how can you believe that anymore? Mm -hmm. yeah, how can you believe? How, why are you become so liberalized, li liberal in relation to issues around sexuality? So the issue is we are, we are, the reality is we are on our own on some of these arguments, but there are still alliances that can be had with some certain sections of different communities who we can still work with. Are, yeah? all, are all children being targeted or are Muslim children specifically being targeted, do you think? It's, I think it's not. Okay, let me rephrase it. It's, it's, it's not. It's not. A, it's not. A, it's not. A okay, not coincidence. Okay, not that in in certain areas where there's large proportions of Muslim children. They're rolling out these. They're pushing this much more. Yeah, mm. pushing this out much more um, to children because look, the reality is is and it's a uh, the reality is is that there, there there's a belief that most people have accepted publicly these different lifestyles and these different uh, ways of living. Yeah, mm. and the only people who are still holding out are the Muslims. Yeah. Now, me and you, they can't change us, yeah? We can't teach an old dog new tricks. So Never speak, me! Yeah? <laughs> but, Never me! But, but I, I don't know what that means, but, but the issue it's is, is that the, the children, the children, yeah, children, if you change children, you change the future generations, mm -hmm. yeah? And you change the way, like for example, around 20, about 15 years ago, there was, a, there was a poll that was done around people believing in homosexuality in the Muslim community. Or what is your view? The question was, what, do you, what is your view on homosexuality? Most people said it's a sin. Like 99.9% .9 said it was a sin. If you did that poll now, it would be much closer to like 60% saying it. Don't say it that, Amongst man. young Muslims. Don't say yeah, it. Don't. I, I speak to maktab teachers who tell me, when they speak about this in the class, in, in the maktab class, there's girls, hijabi girls, who say, no, don't say that, don't be homophobic. Yeah, we believe that people, everybody has these rights. You, love is love. All of this, all of these slogans. Yusuf, don't give me scare stories, man. 
Are you being serious? I'm serious. The reality is this is In Mahtavs, there's young girls and possibly even boys who get up and what? Question their teachers. Mostly girls. Yeah. Don't be homophobic. This is unacceptable. We need to believe in equality. Islam believes in equality. You know, the issue is, is that, and this only has come about, this has only come about because of the fact that as a community, we've stopped speaking about this because we, there's a, there's a fear around speaking about this. So we've created a vacuum that's allowed the LGBT lobby to indoctrinate young Muslims around their slogans. So what do you want us to do now? Then what do you want parents to do, bro? Have these conversations with children. When? But, How? But, but when? The what, is, what, the timing? When? At yeah, what age? Yeah. The, the thing is now, that the, the reality of saying age yeah, is, is to a certain extent an arbitrary issue now because children are starting to be exposed to these ideas much earlier. In Jamis, lots of RSC, lots of RSC, in lots of places in RSC, in, in schools, in the uh, even though it's not a required element of the RSC curriculum uh, in in primary schools, R, the RHE, the relationship education curriculum, lots of schools we're talking about uh, 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 two dads and two mums, and even in in nursery and reception they'll have board books. Yeah, um, Tango makes three about two penguins who uh, <laughs> to, who raise a, 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 an egg. Yeah, <laughs> or about a, a, a child who decides to dress as a as a girl. So these conversations are being normalised now. So I think the time when we say we can hold off these conversations till they're ten or eleven, that's out of the window. We need to start having conversations much earlier. But I think what's really important is that we shouldn't start conversations uh, about. I think one one of the one of the things that parents shouldn't do is start conversations at the point of we don't believe this or a, a negative issue. We just start by saying what we do believe. Yeah, what we believe is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created uh, a male and a female. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created a male and a female to raise a family, to love each other, to raise a family like your mother and father love each other. Start by building positive values in children before saying, no, we don't believe in what they believe. Yeah, that, 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 that's not as effective. We need, to, we need to start talking about what, what our own values. But also we do need to start changing the way we, the terminology we use. Yeah. So in the Muslim community, we always say that person is gay, that person is lesbian. Now by or Gondu. Uh, but what? What is? So for example, if you say that person is gay, mm-hmm. and or if you say that person has uh, has uh, has same sex feelings or has feelings towards the opposite gender, yeah. same gender. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Now, what is the difference between the two? In the first one, where you saying that person is gay, you're almost trying to build. Um, a, 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 you're trying to say that is a part of who that person is. Yeah, that's a reality of who they are. But the second one, you're saying that's a feeling. Who you are can't change. Ah, we're yeah, we're, are we but go- a feeling can. Are we going into that bit where we're not using sexualization as an identity? Is that what you're trying to say? Well, these are yeah, these are identities. We we acknowledge the identities. Yeah? yeah, but they're made up identities. Yeah, that people have that that you know across the 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 the, the history of Western civilization, these 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 uh, these convenient. Um, uh, labels have been used to understand sexuality in a way which does not conform to an organic understanding of, 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 of human behavior. And are you saying that's not, that's not normative in our tradition? No, for example, why is there uh, a man who is, 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 is attracted to another man? That's a gay man. Mm-hmm. A man who's attracted to a blonde woman. What's the term for that person? There's nothing for that term. Is What's it? the term for the person, a man is attracted to a black woman, a white man is attracted to a black woman? No, there's not there. Why is that? Why is a certain label thirsty? Why is a certain label being mm-hmm. used to define the relationship, the sexual relationship between 
one two people as but not to, other two people as in to define literally that person is gay but there's nothing to this define is arbitrary labels yeah there's, there's there's about 150 different so what's, um, so what's the purpose of it then what's the purpose of moving away from that in terms of language yes this person's gay she's a lesbian okay so let, let's, let's let's look at it from the practical perspective one yeah. is imagine a young muslim yeah a young muslim man yeah when this boy yeah yeah he starts to have feelings for another boy yeah mm. and he somebody says oh you're gay now that almost concretizes yeah uh, this is what Sal- if Salman Bak's watching, yeah, he, exactly. he loves that term. Yeah? Exactly. And actually, I'm really sad that I'm, I'm really not happy that I'm using that term. Yeah. Okay, that, on, that, my, on, on this podcast <laughs> as well, you did know, it. Sorry. Uh, um, uh, so, so it basically uh, it, it, it solidifies. <laughs> it solidifies something which is more liquid. Like, okay. for example, if you say to somebody that person is gay, uh, then that almost we're born like that. That's who I am. If you said you have a feeling, a feeling can change. 100%. Yeah? A feeling doesn't have to be acted upon. The feeling does not hold you hostage to a particular action, yeah. So we need to try change our our the terminology we use because it has an impact, a real life impact on the way we understand this whole phenomenon, yeah. So we say to we say to children, okay, someone someone says, look, I have an attraction for another 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 boy. Don't say, oh, why are you gay, yeah. No, don't use those terms. Even don't use those terms in any way, sense, or shape. Because we, uh, an Islamic understanding of, of human behavior is that we all have feelings, yeah, and that lead to desires, yes, that could potentially lead to action, yeah. But that action is not inevitable. The action is 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 uh, is behavior that is purposeful. That is a, a choice, yeah. And so what that does is that says to a person, this is not who you are, this is a feeling you've got. That feeling can be temporary. There's thousands of Muslims who had feelings for, say, they, have, they say we have SSA, same-sex attraction. Now, we don't act upon those feelings because we believe it's prohibited. It's a sin against Allah. Them. And this is our jihad. We're fighting it. Some of them marry. Some of them say, no, I don't have any, I don't even have any sexual feeling for a woman. So I will not marry that woman. I'm going to be serious. I'm going to be real with you, bro. There's someone from the area, from yes. my hood, who, who, who's like that. And I spoke to the brother. Yes. And he said, he's, he said, yeah, he goes, look, you know, if I've ever acted upon it, it's been out of weakness and I've repented for it. Yes. But I'm battling with myself. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward that person I mean, and give them that strength. I mean, and that's what as a community we need to do much more of, yeah? The, you know, the reality is... What do we do about look, the one look, who advocates from the rooftops yes. and says it's all legit? Okay, look, there's two things there. That's, that's a good point. One, two points is, imagine there's a, a Muslim uh-huh. who struggles with desires uh-huh. and acts upon it, but feels really upset about that and uneasy about that and hates that and actually makes tawbah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and says, I'm never going to do that again, but falls into that sin continuously. There's no that, difference between that person and a drug addict or a gambler with that, and, and is it that they and repent that to person, Allah. And that person, the doors of tawbah are always, always open to that person. Yeah? And that person is Muslim. Absolutely. And, now, and, 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 and we have a duty to them. Absolutely. And we need to change the way we try and support those people because everybody sins, everybody... Uh, and, and, and the reality, the, 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 the almost the... There is, a, there is this, the Tawbah is a revolutionary concept it's, it, and it's such a positive concept that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said the, open, the doors of Tawbah, the bo- doors of repentance, the doors of forgiveness are open to everybody, yeah, as long as you keep repenting because you know that repentance stops the normalization process, it's a hugely important uh, psychological impact I, I, it's, I, you know when I look at Tawbah I think this is so mind-blowing that we don't appreciate its true value. But the one, for example, who says, 
I have this desire and I'm going to try and ensure that, that, that I twist the text to meet my desires, yeah, that person is in that person no longer in the toba because they don't they don't see anything wrong with that action. Yeah. They say, look, there's the space for me in the Muslim community, even if I believe that um, that I that, that being gay, the being gay or being lesbian is acceptable. And we say, no, that person is in a real difficult situation because that person has has pitted themselves against the Allah's Panther, who is the only one who could define for us what is good and bad, and they put themselves in a position where they say, no, I can define for myself what is good and bad. And so if that person truly believes that in that in, in, in legitimizing something which Allah has forbidden, yeah, they're making halal what Allah has made haram, that concretely Allah has made something forbidden, then that person is, is, is although we don't make takfir upon individuals, that's not our place, but they are they are uh, on on the on the on the on the boundaries of of Islam. The Islam is in question, yeah. And so we say to people, what we should do is say, it's better if a person, even if that person falls into continuous sin, yeah, but recognizes it's a sin, that person is far far better in the sight of Allah Subhanahu than the one who legitimizes that sin and says there's nothing wrong with what I'm doing. And there's there's, there's a new uh, there's a new group of activists who are saying that. And I think the reality is. For them, the, the desire the desire has overtaken them to such an extent that they're willing to uh, entertain uh, reformism and deformist uh, readings of the Quran. So they say Lut al-Islam, you know, it is contested. The tafsir of that is contested. And, yeah? it's, and it's to do with rape and robbery. Yes. Yeah. So it's, it's to do with in, in hospitality and it's to do with uh, yeah. coercion, yeah, yeah. Not, not, not consent. Yeah, a bit yeah? of a stretch, isn't it? So I think the problem is is that what we've got to do is say that and those people they don't really deserve our our pity our our help our support we should not do anything to support their courts but for the one who's struggling we should really say that the ummah is here for you our community is here for you you are still part of the community even if you're falling into that sin yeah the masjid is available to you come and you're still part of our community and inshallah just like there was a there was a man at the time of who was who was who, who used to continue to drink yeah, and he would drink and drink, and 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 he he thought that, uh, and even then he the, prof, the, the he would come to the prophet some the prophet he would be lashed because he would be drinking, and the sahab would say Let, uh, let's curse him and prophet no no do not curse him he loves Allah and his messenger yeah, and so that person was allowed to remain within the community obviously he was punished if he drank in public or if he did an act which 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 uh, which uh, which publicly uh, um, uh, uh, contravened the laws of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but all, to all intents and purposes he was part of the community still yeah mm. because the doors of Toba were already open and he didn't say no what I'm doing is perfectly fine there's nothing wrong with this um I'm I want to touch upon four topics um I don't want quick fire answers for me but okay. they but they kind of tie in with everything yes. that we've been speaking about so if i'm correct bro i from what i've understood the work that you're involved in um sre islamic um what you've been doing since 2008 as legislations have been changing mm. um what i've gathered from today's conversation is that what you're kind of pushing for or what you're encouraging or telling muslim parents is yes. more of a value-based tarbiyah at home absolutely right Yes. So, yes. so, 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 not going bang straight in. Gayism is haram, or no. or being this is haram, like, but more so a more kind of a positive approach. Yeah. Explaining using your own marriage as a demonstration yes. of how a marriage should be, but also saying to children, yeah, say to children, 
how do our children um, how do our children get the message from us that there's certain questions they can ask us and certain questions they can never ask us yeah they get that from from the way we respond to certain questions yeah, yeah? I mean, something comes yeah. on TV our body language yeah. our so or, or our um, they ask a question and we look Oh, I don't ask my father that yeah, question. Yeah, 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 basically. We need to be much more open than that and say, look, ask me anything. Come to me and ask me anything, yeah? Um, you come to me. If you've got any question, ask me that. I remember once uh, after an event, one father came up to me and said, look, my son came to me and said to me, um, uh, how is a baby born? And and I said, don't ask me this question. Don't. It's not, not appropriate. And first I said, firstly, I, I, from that question that he asked you, I can surmise that your relationship with your son is very strong. And he said, yeah, absolutely. We do everything together. We're the best of friends. How do you know? I said, look, he would only ask you that question if he had a good relationship with you. The relationship is a prerequisite for, for, for that comfort in coming to you and asking questions. Meaning the, meaning the child had the confidence and the fortitude yeah, to absolutely. ask his dad, so therefore he must have a good relationship. What did you say to him about his response? I said to him, why did you say that you couldn't answer that question? And he said, I, th- I thought that we're not allowed to answer those questions. I said, you are, absolutely. Yeah. These are questions. If these are questions which are about interest about your children's life as a Muslim, yeah. If if somebody couches that answer in a in a way which says that relationships are okay as long as you're consenting, as long as you're both ready, it's absolutely fine. And then you can have a baby together. Then that that's wrong. That's that's uh, that that is uh, somebody else um, uh, really. Molding the values of your child You have the ability To answer that question In line with our approach Just say to him Look Go back to him and say Look I, The way I answered that question Was wrong I really apologise My parents never talked to me About this when I was growing up So I feel discomfort at that Yeah And I, I still feel that I'm, I'm very uh, um, It's a very difficult question For me to answer But let's Let's, uh, let's find out together Let's answer this question together Yeah Can I ask you a question? Yeah Um Mashallah, you have children. Yes. And um, your oldest boy, um, who I met, Mashallah, uh, top lad. Um, would you not feel any discomfort or awkwardness if nephew came and asked you some of these things? Well, the thing is, the reality is, and I'll say, if I would say, do they that, know what? Do they know what their dad does? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and they've asked you about your work. Well, my son's been to some of my when I do event like seminar like uh, workshops with children and parents. My my son's come and has he asked you, and has he asked you questions about yeah, them? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. But the I, issue is the thing is, and I think it's easy for me because that's the context in which I, I I operate. But the thing is, the reality is is that even if you feel discomfort, that's fine. That's not the problem. Yeah. You can feel discomfort, and that, that's that, that's perfectly natural. Yeah, given the fact that in our community these things are still taboo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember when I do events at, at masjids, and it's about SRE. The, the the sometimes the announcements either they'll mumble the word sex or they won't even mention it. Yeah, because they're still like, no, we can't mention that. Yeah. Or, or the elders will be unhappy if we mention this word. You yeah. know how easy it is. Oh, yeah. the SEX word is like a hot one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always been hot. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. But the thing is, as I said, look, the the issue is, is that our children should. The, the bottom line is, if our children don't come to us, who are they going to? Where are they getting their answers from? And how are these shaping their understanding about their future relationships? The reality is, a lot of Muslim youth are growing up. And the only the understanding about future sexual relationships is as a result of pornography. 
Yeah, the pornography is actually shaping the way they understand their future relationship, and pornography gives a very distorted view about sexual relationships. Intimacy yeah? and all it's almost as if yeah. it's like it's very functional. It's not relational. Animalistic. It's, like, it, it's very animalistic. And I sometimes I speak to people where they say, "Yeah, you know, uh, my children uh, grown up. They went to like a, a Muslim marriage event." And uh, they were going around speaking to different people, and and the young men were asking them, "Can you send us a picture? Yeah, or can you can you give us a, a pair of your knickers? Yeah." And 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 these are you should come more, man. You're not you're not being serious, bro. Are you, are you saying that that this that, that this well, grown grown men? Yeah, yeah. Right, we're going into Muslim link up like marital link up, yeah, yeah. the matrimonial link up events. Yeah, and they're asking sisters them kind of things. Yeah. Yeah, because the reality is, if your only understanding oh, about sexual relationship is from pornography, then then these sort of things are quite normal, isn't it? Uh, in in general culture, people send certain pics. Yeah, mm-hmm. people send uh, naked selfies. Yeah, yeah, yeah this yeah. whole thing. You know, th- th- this is something that, uh, that sex, happens. Sex, sexting, yeah. them them kind of pics, yeah, yeah. the rhyming so, pics, and absolutely. them kind of things. So, yeah. So this is this is quite natural within the culture which we live. This is normalized within uh, programs people watch on TV, yeah. Um, and so, why wouldn't it be something that people, unless unless there's some, unless people are told, look, this is not appropriate. Like, how, where would they find out that this is not an appropriate thing to do? No, but what is it assumed that no, this is not appropriate. No, no. But what I'm saying is that okay, fine. I'm not even saying that those things don't exist. Some brothers don't have randy, yeah. randy deviant fetishes and all them kind of things. I'm not yeah. saying that that doesn't exist. I'm saying that someone actually went and did that. In a Muslim matrimonial event, yeah, yeah, it happened. His jaw should have been spinning, bro. You, sh- you can't say that. You, how you, yeah. how you, how you, how do you say that for another believing woman, bro? Yeah, yeah, that's disgusting. But but the thing is, look, you're, say, you're, you're saying that we shouldn't be surprised by that. I'm not saying we shouldn't be. We should always be surprised by that. But anything which is uh, and uh, is behavior which displeases Allah, but it should be an issue of surprise. And like this is this is like uh, we've almost failed as a community to deal with this. But the thing is, how is it that? How is it that that young man, yeah, beard, Muslim family, um, uh, prays five times a day? Why is it that that is the way he feels that he should communicate with young, young with, with girls? Okay, let's yeah? not let's not even go into pornography, bro. There's there's so many lighter versions of that which yeah. can make you communicate that that's how a relationship should be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's how that's how intimacy should manifest. Yeah, right. Yeah. You don't even have to go into the deep pornography yeah, of it. it. It's it's around us from yeah, advertising right. to marketing to popular sports, wherever it may be. Yeah, yeah. whatever it is, it's everywhere. If you need yeah. a refill. Yeah. Um, wow. I, I, I don't like I'm just Well I'm shocked I'm shocked That you're shocked No I'm shocked that's, uh, No I'm shocked That a practising brother Could that, that Could do such a thing Yeah like, like, I'm not saying that Randy Deviant fetishes Don't exist mm. That's been entirely Shaped and moulded around Ideas mm. And implementations That are not from our tradition And our religion yes. I accept that yes. I accept that That can happen to the best of men Right Because we are a product Of our societies mm. Absolutely I'm not saying that I'm saying that someone had the fortitude to go and think that that was acceptable in a matrimonial mm. event. That's yeah. what's shocking me. Not that he had those yes. views; it's that he it's, he voiced those views. But do you think? Do you think? Yeah. And as it's not so, the, the boy does this. Do you think that boy who asked that has ever is asked that so often that everybody said no? No. Or yeah. Do you think some girls would have said, "Actually, yeah, I'll send you a picture." Yeah, yeah. That's or, why. That's why. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, the reality yeah, is yeah, that yeah, our so, young man. children this are growing horrible, up in an environment. 
where these things are so normalized that when somebody does it and responds in that way, they don't blink. They don't blink. They don't blink. They think this is normal. Normalized. The reality is what you said before is that we're we're products of our society, and I think sometimes we don't. Acknowledge that often enough. No, no, we are. are. No, no, we are. All of us are. I, I, I don't care how we. We're shaped by that. The way we drive on the streets, yeah. The way, the way we, like, for example, somebody could be very, like, yeah, I'll let people go. After a while, you, what, you're within a system which says actually you don't let people go. Just you, just, you need to get to where you need to get to. I have, yeah? a, I have a yeah? famous line where when people do that, yeah, go play Good Samaritan on your own time. <laughs> But you know, I was very compassionate on the roads before. That's yeah. mad how you just use that and you example. Change that, you, ch- you change based upon the reality <laughs> which you're in. That's yeah? true, bro. Yeah? <laughs> Operating culture in a society has an impact on us. And sometimes we don't acknowledge that. Yeah, And we need to acknowledge that much more. Yeah, How is the society shaping us? Either good or bad. Yeah, And I think we need to ask ourselves these questions in a, in a much more clearer way. But the thing is, the reality is, if our children are growing up without a clear understanding or, or uh, uh, the uh, demarcation lines of how do you behave in different contexts within an Islamic understanding? How how do children know that they don't know that unless they we see model that behavior, or we tell our children this is this is the this is how we behave. Yeah. Now imagine a, a generation of children who are growing up on pornography now engaging in marital relationships. Yeah, yeah. A lot of situations come to. Uh, to the ulama or to the imams or to Muslim counselors, the the boy has been watching pornography for years. Now in a marital relationship, he's no longer satisfied because he's that one woman is no longer giving him the satisfaction. Of course, because he's, he's he's got access to hundreds. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. No, you, this is vanilla. Yeah. Absolutely. So the issue is is that we need to start thinking about that. And there's a there's organisations out there now helping brothers mm. and even sisters trying to escape. Pornography addiction mm-hmm. um, it's, it's becoming a bigger issue So I think what we're going to say is that uh, And we don't blame young people We failed our, our young people We failed them yeah? And we need to do much more In educating them about What we believe in as Muslims But we, we need to model that And we need to bring to light to them how, how, do we, how do we engage in this reality Rather than rather than taking from the society Which we live And taking the values of society Which we live If we're Muslims How do we embody the values of Islam Because Islam speaks to all of these issues oh. How you engage in the bedroom How you engage pre-marriage with your wife Yeah And I think So I think we need to really uh, uh, Think about how The solutions that we provide In our community around these issues um, My next question uh, Would be LGBTQ alliances, mm-hmm. right? I know this is uh, an area of uh, discussion which gets mm. very heated online, yeah. um, especially towards North America and the states. But you know where mm. where where those issues appear to be more apparent. Um, but it's not unheard of in some ISOCs and some universities in the UK, where because the LGBTQ society or lobby are, yes. are anti-Islamophobia, mm. are anti-racism, yeah. are are anti-prevent. Uh, Muslims are sometimes put in a position where you know, kind of like we, we scratch yours, you scratch ours. Yes. Yeah. Also, the fact that you know, a lot of the uh, anti-Islamophobia and anti-racism activism is kind of uh, dominated and led by the liberal left or the left and the left who are also the yes. biggest proponents and advocates yeah, yeah. of the LGBTQ. So, what advice would you give to Muslims? Who find themselves in a difficult so, so two things I'm asking you. What's your advice to those who find themselves in that difficult mm. situation? 
where they are having to be made as well. So for example, as an ISOC, you've mm. been approached by your LGBTQ society mm. or, or, or something of that persuasion. And they say, hey guys, you know, we're anti-prevent, we're anti-racism, we're anti-Islamophobia. Mm. What are you saying? Are you anti-LGBTQ as well? Mm. And will you, will, you, will you raise the flags and, and do these kind of things? So yes. those who are in the difficult situation and those who think it's okay And if it is okay What circumstances Can it ever be okay To yes. ally yourselves With the LGBTQ groups yes. Societies Lobbies yes. Figures See in, in origin The Islamic principle is Is that You can You can uh, As long as you agree Upon a particular issue A value which Islam Agrees upon You can uh, um, uh, You can have an alliance mm -hmm. With Non-Muslims On that issue Like Hilfa Fadur For example um, where, where an issue Arose that, that was in line with the values of Islam that Prophet subscribed to, and that was absolutely fine. But we also need to recognize that what are the potential consequences of alliances and what messages it send to our community. So, for example, the Stop the War movement, yeah, over uh, since the Iraq War onwards, yeah, that almost opened an in a, a, a road, a, a way in which young Muslims got involved in activism. activism through that and they adopted until si until Syria happened yeah and then them kind of contradictions came out and then but even then we still see a, a, a big movement of Muslims who are still supportive of the left of course yeah absolutely and and, and, and once you for example once and, and, and the thing is like if for example somebody from the LGBT community says look I I'm, I'm supportive of you about Islamophobia around prevent Palestine yeah, all of these issues I'm, I'm really supportive about of, of all these issues now if that person, if that relationship becomes quid pro quo, quo quid, 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 quid pro, pro quo, quo, yeah, like Trump would say, yeah. if that becomes like, uh, like you give me something and, 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 and I'll, uh, if we give you something, you give us something back in return, then that's the problem. Because imagine if, imagine if um, uh, um, uh, another, another society came to the, uh, the Islamic society and said, look, we believe in all these things, we'll support you in that, as long as you, for example, support us because we want to extend um, the, 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 the opening hours of the bar, yeah? And we want, we want to, it, it closes at 11, but we, we've been told that if we get a widespread support from communities across the board, yeah, then we can have it open until one. Now, even though they're saying we're going to support you in your your your, Or we have issues, support. No, yeah? no, no, we will. Or we, we have, have, we we have, have support you, in, you. You've got to support us now. And we say, we say, no, we have to politely refuse. Yeah, We've got certain values and, and some red lines that we can't cross. Yeah, And if that if that alliance involves us supporting you in an action which Allah subhanahu wa considers a sin, then we can't do that. It's almost like, imagine if the meat-eating society were to ask the vegetarian society to support them in their call for like um, uh, for for uh, uh, meat across the campus. Now, there, there would never be that the meat society would not say to the vegetarian society, "You have to do this." It would be unreasonable to expect them to go against their values. So, why do they do it then? Why are Islamic societies and Muslim groups and activists and institutions approached by pro LGBTQ mm. groups and lobbies? Why, if 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 it's a case of yes. meat love carnivores and vegans, yes. yeah, yeah. Yeah, then why are they approached and why are some Muslims succumbing to it? Because they're because the fact is I think that their understanding of activism hasn't been set in, the, in from the correct perspective. Their rules of engagement are not clear from the outset. If they were to say to this group, okay, look, we support you, we're, we can work together, we're, we understand you as human beings, we recognise that we can work together on a whole host of issues, but we have some red lines, yeah? Just like we don't expect you 
to uh, to come to our dawah store and take part in our dawah to non-Muslims because mm. you don't believe in our religious perspectives. Similarly, we can't accept um, uh, uh, relationships that come that uh, fall outside of marriage between a man and a woman. How yeah? would you how would you counter with one of the argumentations that's come from the states um, by a couple of prominent du'at and, and Islamic uh, thinkers or Muslim thinkers is that hey you know. Fighting for the rights and the equality of people to have these type of mm. family setups or relationships yes. under a secular law mm. uh, is not the same as endorsing or agreeing with their particular lifestyle or yes. their sexual choices. Yeah, yeah. That just because as Muslims we are advocating for them to have equal rights or to mm. live safely and freely without harm or not to be discriminated towards... Mm. Is not the same as us saying that those kind of relationships are allowed. We can say that they're abhorrent, mm. they're un-Islamic, it's haram, it's mm. sinful, all those things. But we can still fight and advocate for their equality, for their rights and for them not to be discriminated. I think the question is, is that rather than going to the intricacies of that particular this, the argument, I would say, think, take a step back and say, what message does that send to young Muslims? Yeah, and what potentially could that create in terms of we're all living in a society where there's confusion amongst young Muslims about 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 uh, attractions. Yeah, now given throwing that into the mix, how is that going to add to the confusion amongst young Muslims around these issues? Yeah, and if you can say that it's going to create no confusion whatsoever because we've we've given all those um, caveats. Uh, caveats mm-hmm. Yeah. And we made it very clear that we don't accept relationships outside of marriage between outside of a relationship between a man and a woman in marriage. Then, then that's then go ahead with that, yeah. But I, but I strongly believe that it will open up a doorway for young Muslims to start to say, to to, to look upon people from different backgrounds. And say, okay, they're such nice people. Then, then associate with them, and then say, actually, what's wrong with being? Like that, yeah. Mm. Uh, that proximity builds uh, sympathy, which inevitably can shift into something that goes beyond what you envisioned in the beginning. That's like, for example, the way idol worshiping started. Idol worshiping started by was a, a nob- sincere attempt to ven- to, to venerate men, yeah, renovate noble men. Who were, yeah, and, no. and then over time, oh. that got changed. The reality is, I think we got, the context is that a few generations down the line, most of the most of the children of those from Muslim families will no longer be Muslim. That's scary. Because the reality is, the longer a generation exists in any society, the, 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 those generations will more likely adopt the values of the host culture, a dominant culture around them. Yeah, Unless we fight for our future generations. That's what we're fighting, not just for our children, but for their children's children. And we just think about the long term, the long term, the, the long view. Yeah, there's lots of Muslims in different parts of the world who, like, like, like Boris Johnson's, yeah, grandfather was Muslim. Ottoman Turk. Yeah, yeah. he. Wh- wh- who is he now? He's somebody who actually disc- discriminates against women who practice Islam. So if that is possible within just two generations. What is the future for our couple of generations down the line? So sometimes people say, look, you're too defensive about these things. No. The issue is, is that the iman of our children and their children and their children is something that is worth being a bit more, be, being a bit more over-defensive about than being lax and allowing that doorway to open where 
future generations will, will come and say, look, yeah, I think my father's father was Muslim. Um, I, I like to occasion have biryani, and that's my connection to my culture. Wow. Yeah. You know, re reality is, is that, is that how can it be that we invest so much time in in the in the educational attainment of our children? Mm -hmm. I'll give you an example. Yeah, I was I was observing a conversation. Somebody in a group was saying, "My, uh, we moved into this area. Yeah, what is the best school in the area? What are the good schools?" So they they give, give examples. Why are these the good schools? All the reasons people gave were around. Oh, the educational standards are really good. They're this. They're that. Um, the pastoral care is really good. Nobody said, "What does that school? How does that school uh, talk about SRE? How do they talk about LGBT? Do they have provision for children to pray? Yeah, are they are they accepting of Muslims to exhibit their faith uh, in a way which reflects who they are? No, none of those were even discussions within that group, and I really felt sad because we can if we raise really. Were you on uh, that group? I was on that group. Yeah. And, and did you raise? No. I, I, you know, social media discussions do not help in in fostering change. Somebody somebody says, for example, I'm taking my my, my, my mother out tomorrow for Mother's Day. Somebody says, oh no, that's haram. Yeah, you're just you gonna entrench them further, aren't you? You can't engage in a conversation around that when everybody's of a particular mind. So what I'm saying is that it's like, it's like the voting debate, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> we leave that to the side. But what what I'm saying is that the issue is is that we could have in future very very good able doctors who are just not muslim now how can we say that we've achieved success when allah subhanahu defines success as being 100%. somebody who raises children who are, uh, who, are, who, are, who, are who are who are mindful of their reason for existence being to worship allah subhanahu and to save our children from the hellfire who is stonewall or what is stonewall so Stonewall is the main um, uh, 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 lobby for LGBT people. Um, so they promote uh, the rights of LGBT people. They, 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 they obviously they, they make tens of millions of pounds every year. They're a massive lobby, um, and so they represent the interests of LGBT people um, uh, across uh, workplaces um, with their Stonewall index. So they're, they're trying to make like workplaces uh, more. Uh, uh, better, better for uh, LGBT people. Um, they do training. They lobby government. They 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 uh, they do research document. The research. How long? Products. How long have they been around? Like for at least a few decades. Wow. They, they named after the Stonewall riots. You know, so they okay, yeah. where where in America people push back against uh, the mistreatment of LGBT people. But yeah. the reality, the issue is, is that. Um, they you know any any lobby group does not achieve what they achieve in isolation of societal societal shifts. Of course, you know, look at look at all the the Hollywood movies that have the Hollywood movies have been more impactful than lobby groups in shifting attitudes around LGBT people. Yeah, much more than the lobby groups because culture shifts shifts opinion in a way that other things don't. Yeah, you uh, imagine a young Muslim who has a, a connection in a they, they watch a soap opera or like a a, a, a a drama series and their connection to their character is very strong because they I really I really identify with that character that character comes out as as LGBT now that imagine what what how does that emotional connection pan out between oh I believe this is wrong to oh my favorite character is this yeah so so those cultural um, perspectives. Shift opinion in a way that other things don't, 
the LGBT lobby just takes that shift in the in society and plays on it and and, and advances their case. Um, but even at L, you know, look at what LG, the LGBT lobby at the moment. There's a big schism between about, about between, trans. Yeah, trans has been, created a big rift amongst lots of women who identify as lesbian. Yeah, you got say, you got next man who won the yeah. came number one in the swimming swimming yes, competition. Yeah, yeah, you know absolutely. Mean? So this, so this is creating rifts within those communities, and they uh-huh. say that tr- the trans issue has taken things too far. Man, now why men- are you not excluding trans for? What's wrong with you, lot? <laughs> Leave them be, man. Why? But, but the thing is, that the, 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 but the reality is, is that with, with this whole argument is that um, um, uh, there's, there's a look. The biology is, the, it's not all about biology, but obviously biology is is really real, of and it is. it's more than just about sexual parts. It's about the way that there's a marked difference between the way male and females behave in real life. Yeah, um, there, 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 there is aspects of brain activity, the aspect of human behavior. Where did this all stem? Where, where did all this stem from, bro? Like that, that is this whole, stems from a liberal perspective. This, like, this, you, you know, this you whole should kind, be able. The, the state should afford you the right to be whatever you want to be. The Peter yeah? Thatcher kind of mindset. You know, where, where did this come from? Do they really want to destroy the family unit? Absolutely. Absolutely, they believe they 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 believe that the 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 fam they they co-opted they 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 worked with feminists and others to say that, that we need to we need to destroy the the patriarchy, family units oppressive are away. Stru- oppressive yeah, structures. Opp- yeah, family units, faith are all our enemies. We've got to break all those institutions. Yeah, yeah, okay. to Allow us to live a life where mm. where we can live uh, as as accepted people in society, and I completely understand their perspective. If you were, if you were, uh, 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 if you identified as LGBT, you'd want to live in a society where all the institutions and uh, the cultural uh, uh, um, space was open to you living the life that you want to live, isn't it? Mm. So it's like saying, say, uh, you know, I sometimes see Muslim parents saying, Stonewall, why, why are you doing this? No, the issue is, it's like, it's almost asking, Of course they're going to do it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes we spend too much time almost navel-gazing. Yeah, why are they doing this? Why did that? that that takes away the energy we can use in actually either opposing some of these agendas if we can, or at least educating our community about what we believe in and why we believe what we believe. And I think so. I think I say to parents sometimes, don't you know all these stories about trans and stuff? They're, they're, they're diversions. Yeah, they're all they're all just a, a, another step in that same story. And by you sharing them, sometimes it actually creates a, a big. Uh, 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 almost a, 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 an apathy amongst Muslims because you know, you know the more you see these powerful lobbies creating change around you, you think I can't do anything about it. So I become despondent. Yeah, and Never. so I say to parents, don't share this. Okay, yeah? just really be positive about things because the reality is is that at the end of the day, we have Allah Subhanahu wa Taala on our side. Hundred yeah? percent. And 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 so for people who have Allah Subhanahu wa Taala on their side, anything is possible. Yeah, forget about lobbies. Forget about multi-million pound um, fundraising campaigns that they've got. Forget about all of that. Yeah, these are all smoke and mirrors. Yeah, the reality is, if we live by Islam and we work uh, in line with what Allah Subhanahu has commanded us to do, yeah, then Allah Subhanahu will give us anything we want. Our du'a will have a special significance in front of Allah Subhanahu when it will be accepted. Yeah, and even then, just the fact that we're striving. In, a, in, in relation to our purpose in life and in our worship and obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will mean that our life is a life worth living. So, usually I start with quick fire questions. You notice I didn't do that with you. Yeah. That's because I'm going to close with some quick fire uh, yeah. statements that I want you to make. You're going to have one minute 
to okay. uh, to address the following audiences. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm timing you. It'll be in front of you. <laughs> Can you please, in one minute, give some concluding advice to Muslim parents yeah. who have, will, could potentially face these problems with their children? One thing is, make sure you love your child. Yeah, that means understanding. That means kissing your child, hugging your child. That means spending quality time with your child. Yeah, that means telling your child, "I love you." Even though in our culture, that's not that's that's that still to be that's still that's almost taboo. Especially fathers. Yeah, 100%. hug your daughters, hug your sons, tell them you love them, kiss them, spend quality time with them. Yeah, these things will build a strong relationship with them, so that you'll be able to build connection. Um, children who don't have that 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 uh, that fatherly love will look for fatherly love elsewhere in relationships, in radical lifestyle choices. So really, one of the main things: love your children. Also, live your values. Yeah, if you want your children to live your values, but you don't live them, then really it's very difficult. Also, make sure you build your children's foundation not on rituals of Islam, but why are we Muslim? Why do we believe in Allah Subhanahu Why is the Quran the word of Allah Subhanahu Build it upon some firm foundations. I like it. What would your one-minute advice be to Muslim brothers and sisters, young and old, who are having these inclinations, mm. who are being tempted to act upon these inclinations? Um, what would your advice be to those who are having those um, feelings, whether it's towards the same gender, mm. whether it's so they they feel that they are not the right gender? Mm. What would your advice be to them? I'd say, look, think about these things. Yeah, the feelings are temporary; they don't define who you are. You are not your feelings. You are. They don't define who you are as a person. Yeah, or as a Muslim, the feelings will change from time to time. Yeah, people are tested in different ways by Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. See that as a test. Yeah, just re- re- realize, not don't make any life-changing decisions that you can't change later on. Yeah, but recognize your purpose in life. Recognize why did Allah create us in the first place? Yeah, and have patience. Have make du'a to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Build your personal connection with Allah Subhanahu wa Taala by asking Him in du'a. Sometimes we say we don't talk about du'a enough. Du'a is a means by which you can ask Allah for things and and for strength, for the ability to overcome difficulties. Ask Allah anything for, for for strength and for the strength of your iman. Uh, attach yourself to people who are who are who are good Muslims, yeah. And attach yourself to work that is a positive way of you uh, engaging in life in the society. And the last piece of it, this is not even advice. This is rather a message. Mm-hmm. What would your message be to the LGBTQ lobby who feel that Muslims are not doing enough? To for to make their children understand or appreciate or acknowledge yes. their way of life, their sexual lifestyle choices, how they identify with themselves, yes. whether they see themselves as neutral allies or whether they see themselves as see Muslims and practicing Muslims mm. as an obstacle mm. to their world order, their world view. What would your message be to those yeah. people? I think I say I say, look, we've got no antagonism towards you as a community. We don't want to destroy you as a community. We we we, we work in environments where we have people from different backgrounds who live uh, and work together. That's not a problem. But I think stop evangelizing in the Muslim community. Stop imposing your values upon us and stop representing your values as almost a neutral intervention in our community. Let us live our values and let you live your values. That there's a, a verse in the Quran, uh, an ayah in the Quran where Allah says, in Surah Kafirun, yeah, you know, you to your deen and, and us, us to ours, you to your way of life and, and us to ours. 
we don't need to necessarily impose our values on you and you don't need to impose your values on us where we can work together on an issue maybe we can in the future but we there shouldn't be an expectation that we have to accept your way of life just that we don't expect you to adopt our way of life yeah and i think so i think really just uh, uh, think about our, our, our uh, about what's best for society in terms of engagement and what are you doing in terms of imposing your values on schools and on children Yusuf, my dear brother, Jazakumullah Khairan. I thoroughly enjoyed uh, today's podcast. There's a few things I want to say about yourself. Um, oh, please don't. No, 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 honestly, and the work that you do. My dear brother, I know that the work that you're doing is, is sometimes it's a very lonely place. I mean, we were together just uh, about two, three weeks ago when we went to that Uyghur cafe, which I'll never forget. You're never going to play that down, isn't it? No, no, but, you know, we, we were driving about in East and, 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 and you know, you know when you look at projects like, like I would regard Five Pillars as an organization to be bigger than SRE. Absolutely. And there are many organizations that are bigger than Five Pillars. And 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 I guess in certain lines of work and dawah and activism it can get really 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 lonely. Whether that's in terms of funding, whether that's in terms of meaningful engagement, whether that means in terms of platform and you know Muslim um, institutions and so forth coming together, giving the support beyond just lip service. I just want to say I think you're doing a fantastic job, bro. And and I think that um, you are truly an exemplary person who is truly committed to a cause which will no doubt and has already, based on this conversation, uh, has already affected our children and will no doubt affect the future of our children's iman. And brothers and sisters, whether this podcast is released in Ramadan or straight after Ramadan, I want you all to go to sreislamic.org uh, and parental guidance dot support. support. Um, is there a donation link on SRE Islamic's website? Yes. I want you all to give generously. I want you all to, in fact, if you were if if you were a donor of Five Pillars. Um, I'm even happy for you to stop donating to us and start donating to SRE. No, I said don't do that. No, 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 no. But I'm, I'm, I'm happy to do that because I'm, there's certain causes, bro. That you know, quite frankly, I think it would be better invested, right? And you know, if you love the work of Five Pillars, you follow myself, Roshan, and 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 the projects and the work that we've been doing for the past nine years. Wallahi, you need to be supporting SRE Islamic and the work brother Yusuf Patel does. I know his journey and I know the work that he's been doing is very lonely. And let me tell you something, when, when when times and environments get lonely, brothers and sisters, you come close to quitting. It happens. Shaitan comes to you. Have you ever come close to just quitting and just giving up? No, all the time. Yeah. Um, I think the reality is, look, I speak to parents yeah, and I speak to, and I see what they're going through and that anything I can do just to support them in, in a small way. Mm. And actually, one thing I really say is that I... I really feel the du'a of people, yeah? That the reality is, is that I'm not, I, I'm, I'm an imperfect person. I'm an imperfect parent. There's so much things I can do better in my own life, but I feel the du'a of people. You know, it's like when someone's asleep and, and other people are, that like you've helped, um, are making du'a for you. I feel that impact of that du'a. And, and that, that's what sustains me. Yeah? Alhamdulillah, that's, that's what I see people, strangers making du'a for me. Someone says, look, I, I heard what you did. I made du'a for you. And I think, subhanAllah, that is priceless. That that uh, that that care and that love, um, and and that support. I, I, I think that that's what really keeps me going. Because I recognize that that is that du'a, inshallah, that that, that will be that will be something that will help me in this dunya and in the akhirah. And uh, I ask anybody, please continue to make du'a for me and and for my strength and and, and for my istiqamah 
upon this upon this uh, this path inshallah jazakallah khair my dear brother uh brothers and sisters and friends and of course no doubt this episode's going to have some false tuning in as well um if you enjoyed this podcast uh, and you happen to be from stonewall as well subscribe to our five pillars youtube channel you can find all our podcasts um i have taken down that vlog that i did outside lots cave um i we have given back that 3000 pound grant that you lobbied for us to get and a donor paid for it like this alhamdulillah um but anyway subscribe to the five pillars youtube channel you can find us on all the podcast platforms like this video share this video leave a comment and until next time assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh blood brothers podcast five pillars production